Hello everybody, it is Chris, aka Star Raptor, here on the Star Raptor YouTube channel for Outer Rim Transmission. This is episode 128. We're getting up there, guys. I'm joined by Milton and Ben this week. Hallelujah. The strikes are over. Resume production. And we're getting into all that. All right, you know, we've been into dark ages. We're going to be talking, having, having a nice kind of laid back discussion of what comes next. You know, we don't really know what the schedule is. We're going to be doing a lot of speculating this week on just what we're what we're excited for, what's coming out. We also have some updates on some Star Wars video games and some really fun behind the scenes stuff I've been seeing on the set of Ahsoka that the actors are finally able to, you know, legally release these images and whatnot. So getting into all that and much more on this week's episode of Outer Rim Transmission. As far as for me, I've not really had much of Star Wars this week. I mean, I, it doesn't really count because it's more of a promotion, but I will say... My Star Wars week was just me playing through Jedi Survivor and trying to just play one episode a week and just falling in love with the game again and just saying, I'm going to just keep playing this until I beat it kind of thing. So I, I did a lot more than one episode upload a week. I ended up just uploading the entire thing over the last week. So I have that for you guys to enjoy. But yeah, just it's a really fun game. Can't recommend it enough. I'll throw it over to you, Ben. How's your week, Ben? Um, my week's been good. I'm finally over being sick and stuff, so it's nice. Like, yesterday I got back on the grind of, like, you know, fitness and my diet and everything, so it's just nice to, like, really get back into it. And, uh, yeah, for me, for my week in Star Wars, I didn't really have a lot leading up to today. And then today at, like, 5.36 o'clock, I realized, oh, wait, I do have something to talk about. So what I did real quick before the show, when I was getting around and e eating dinner, was I watched the first episode of Mandalorian Season 1, just because, if you guys didn't realize, today is the actual anniversary date of the show. Like, November 12th was the release date of Season 1, Episode 1, and it was basically the launch of Disney+. Plus. So, like, I was like, hey, I have to just watch Mando Season 1, Episode 1, and, you know, like, just let people know that. It's like, hey, look, look, we've came, look how far we came on Disney+, Plus in four years with Star Wars, basically four years now, um, with Star Wars, to, like, you know, it's like, here we are now with you know all these shows and um all these upcoming shows and projects we're going to talk about and speculate about and like you know it's just cool to see like we're you know how far like you know if we would have watched that first episode or if you would have told us like four years ago on the first episode of mando like oh man this show's going to expand into all of this stuff and a future like movie involving thrawn mm. eventually like I would have never in a million years believed you, you know, because we thought Thrawn was basically rode off and like, yep. you know, in Rebels and everything at that time, because it would have been 2019. And then like, we just would have, um, you know, we would have really not, uh, you know, not really had any or not really believed any of this. And on top of this, too, I was thinking about it. The funny thing is, is um, also for like you and me, Chris, we were that was the first time like I really started talking to you a lot about like some of this Star Wars stuff and podcasting and whatever. And that's when I um that was sh shortly after like right into the um the you know first that few episodes of Mando season one was when I was first on you know your um on Outer Rim transmission just as like a guest when mm -hmm. like you know me and Milton had been guests and stuff like around that time. So it's like look we go from mando to us just being on guest four years ago to now you know we're doing a podcast yeah it's crazy um how things have transpired yeah what a crazy time to be a star wars fan rise of skywalker jedi fallen order we talked about the sequel yep. a minute ago 
that's when original came out and all that on top of it, one another is one hell of a whirlwind of uh of november into december and all that good stuff but yeah disney plus uh you know i think things are changing i was listening to a podcast today star wars underworld network they're back on now so it's great listening to those guys on a weekly basis and they're kind of thinking the way i'm thinking where it's like all right you know series are doing okay but let's get back to the movies let's let's get back to where it all began you know i think i think bob Iger now running things at disney is a lot opposite of what chapek was doing chapek was just you know disney plus disney plus disney plus and then we have um Iger, who's you know he shepherded in billions of dollars for disney with with bringing in lucasfilm on the big screen with the return of the sequel trilogy and all so yeah it, it's kind of funny to see how disney plus is what is it uh four years later and just seeing okay the thoughts of people in general of like between the marvel and star wars stuff like that it's Let's start going back to the old ways of doing things. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy to think, too, like, you know, also going into the launch of Disney Plus, I would have never guessed we would have had an iconic character, you know, be born like Grogu was. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, we would have never thought someone would be up there with Darth Vader being, like, iconic, you know, on-screen characters. And, like, you know, four years ago was the launch of, you know, Grogu going into that category. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, what do you look fondly on with Disney Plus, Milton? After all these years, like, what, what's some of your your idea on Disney Plus in general as a platform? And do you think it's do you I mean, think I, it's everything it's been cracked up to be since its first initial kind of like hype train? I guess uh, I don't. I, I would I would say yes to no. I mean, there, there's a lot of good things about it. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things that that people, different types of fans, can look into, like whether it's Marvel, Star Wars, mm-hmm. National Geographic, kids shows. What I mean, look, my, my niece is one years old and she likes the Bluey show. Oh yeah, that's on yep. there. Like, like it's, it's it's a it's a great platform that reaches a multitude of people. Whether it's again hard hardcore comic book fans or just mm-hmm. family movies. I mean, I'm a classic guy of the Disney films. I mean, yeah, I, I go back and watch the most animated movies all the time when I get a chance because that's yep. childhood to me. So. The platform is doing what it needs to do. I mean, that's with anything, whether it's with Netflix, Amazon Prime, um, whatever you can think, Hulu. As long as it serves its purpose in reaching the audiences, it's doing what it needs to do. So it is what it is, what it needs to be. Um, so I don't mind Disney Plus. I mean, mm-hmm. I think what you guys mentioned before regarding JPEG or Iger and, and their focuses when they were running, you know, Disney. I mean, that that has an impact on obviously business, and and they're there for a reason is to promote whatever business is good for them, whether it mm-hmm. is Disney plus app or the films. Mm. Um, overall, my week in Star Wars has been speaking of the, uh, the app. I went back the, I think the last week or so I've been watching the sequel trilogy. I don't know. Something just told me to do yeah. it. Um, Cause I've just been in kind of like a Star Wars, like just let me go back and watch the movies when I can. And I was sick a couple days ago. So I figured let me start watching some films and I rewatched uh, the force awakens. And again, it, it's a good movie. I, yeah. I, I actually do like that film. I've always been consistent about that. Yep. I actually like The Force Awakens. It's a solid, solid movie. Good, mm. good launching off point. Mm-hmm. We thought we were going to get. And I said in my in the group chat to you guys about Last Jedi. I struggle. I I fall asleep that movie every time, every time. But I actually went back and finished it, and I watched it. <laughs> and there there's parts about it that I'm like, okay, 
I like, and there's a lot of parts that I don't, but you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I, I can sit through it and try to absorb it. Now I'm on the rise of Sky Skywalker. Hopefully I can get a chance to finish that, but I'm trying to get a different perspective of that, of that mm. sequel trilogy, just because I've been seeing a lot of videos on social media lately talking about a mm. retrospective of the sequel yep. trilogy and that thing. And I'm like, okay, let me just go back and see yeah. what, what with, with fresher eyes again. So that's, that's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks or so when I get a chance to get on the app. Yeah. It's great to see. And I was telling you, Ben, it's like, I think, you know, the prequels were kind of hated when they first came out. People warmed up to them. You know, it took like 15, 20 years. But I'm very curious to see what the outlook would be with Milton, you know, 15, 15 years from now looking back at the sequel trilogy. No, here's what's funny. No, here's what's funny. And, and again, I'm not, this isn't me, this isn't me crapping on them like that. What I'm saying, what I'm going to say is this. The reason why I think the prequels have gotten so much love over the last 10 to 15 years is because of Clone Wars mm -hmm. one because Clone Wars are strong like that that's a any person that I know that's a Star Wars fan they love Clone Wars yeah there's yeah. some episodes that are goofy that, that's that's any show but Clone Wars made the prequels stronger but even before that back in you know the 2000 mid 2000s the prequels was making bank and people I mean they were still getting good good word of mouth from fans you know, so obviously I think the, the issue we were having then was you got the old head original trilogy fans who were like, oh, this ain't my Star Wars because it's like Jar Jar Binks and, and <laughs> politics, blah, yep. blah, blah. You know, so and it's whatever. Like, it's, it's I'm not defending one one or the other. I'm just seeing that perspective at the time. And I could be completely wrong when saying that. But I think when you look at Star Wars mm -hmm. to, to most fans, whether you like the prequels or not. The prequels, the sequels, and Clone Wars are very concise storytelling, and it all lines up and makes sense. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's very clear on the direction, which is why I think a lot of the prequels has got more love, too, because it ties in well to the original trilogy. It doesn't disrespect what George Lucas created in 1977, 80, and 83. It just it enhances it. It world builds why do you think people love the old uh, the old Republic video games and mm. books? Because it expanded Star Wars. It gave us more. It didn't handcuff it. I think the issue that we've gotten with the sequel trilogy is that there really wasn't enough expansion. Yeah. It unilaterally changed a significant amount of characters. And it flat out kind of disrespected what came before it. In, in, in my opinion. That's just me talking. Mm -hmm. So I think a majority of fans would say... The reason why the sequel trilogy has gotten quote unquote not the love is because of how it changed what the original trilogy sequel trilogy already established and what you did with a character like luke skywalker i think people are still not forgiving that mm. yeah but that's I think, just my opinion that's also all i gotta say yeah i think i think i mean you make a lot of really good and like fair points with um you know with all of those thoughts and stuff like you know on the prequels like you know um like clone wars enhances it so much and then of course you had video games enhancing it like republic commando and things like that um back in the day and then it's just like um yeah i think i think that's like always like the d dividing line on like star wars fan talk mm -hmm. online with like the sequels prequels ot all those different things it just comes down to 
like people's viewing like consistencies of characters and stuff like Luke Absolutely. for example and I think I think honestly if they if they wanted to in my, in my opinion anyways if they wanted to go like the direction they did like you know eventually killing off Luke and all that stuff um you could do that in a fine way I mean because like for example they made um for example Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan was like a seamless transition um for the character, you know, he, you know, everyone agrees like he was the strongest character of the prequel trilogy. So you know, it was a good transition from him to Alec Guinness in the OT. And like, you know, we see like two almost drastically different versions of like Luke from the OT to the sequels. When you know, like, like when when it comes to like Star Wars talk online, like fans are always like talking expectations, expectations, and things, and like. I think they like Disney just try to get too cute with it in the sequel trilogy as in like, instead of just like, you know, going the route of like, Hey, um, why not we like throw Luke in, in episode seven, make him do some heroic stuff, get knocked off like Obi-Wan or something, or do it in episode eight Mm -hmm. and move on. Like, and, and I think that would have been fine for the majority of people, because the thing is like, even people who do enjoy the last Jedi and enjoy like Luke's arc. The thing is though, if you take that out of their subconscious and you give us a heroic Luke in episode seven and eight, those people would have loved it just as much as the other people do. So like, that's my only thing well, with that whole thing. It's just like, um, it's just weird consistencies with the character. But, but yeah, like you said, Milton, it's always good to like go back and retrospectively, like look at things and rewatch things. Like, you know, I crack jokes about Andor, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to rewatch it eventually like at least before the new season comes out i'll rewatch it um and like you know things like things like that like you know just go back and check it out again i'll 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 use that example too and i'll go back to see the the original trilogy in a minute but even with andor like i love rogue one and 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 i know chris you're well chris are you an andor fan or is it ben chris definitely chris Chris, (laughs) like yeah that's right so like, but even with Andor, yeah, don't don't include me in that. No, but like, even with Andor, Andor strengthens, I think, Rogue One in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, especially with what we know how it's going to get to that. Point. Oh yeah, I, I can so give it that. I, think, I can. Yeah, I think I would, once we get yeah. to season two of Andor, let that play out. I think literally that's going to be a seamless transition from mm. Andor one and two to Rogue One, which I think again that's strong storytelling, which is going to be, in my opinion, very rewatchable content that's going to tie into the movies directly as it should. It should strengthen your already existing property. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the movies, you know, you talk about the sequel trilogy and then quote unquote, they're being cute. I think Ryan Johnson, and I forget who the writer was for that movie as well. It was Ryan. Uh, his writing partner was It was Ryan. Movie. It was Ryan. Ron Bergman? I thought he had another guy. I remember like in the, the Bergman guy. Huh? The guy with the curly hair. The, um, yeah. Ron Bergman? Oh, yeah. he, he, was, he was like European or something. Or something, I remember yeah. in the documentary, he says, he says Luke Skywalker in this one is Obi Wan Kenobi, so I'm thinking, okay, if, if that's the case, you have the model of what Obi Wan Kenobi should be like in that film, because Obi Wan Kenobi from the prequels was a heroic, optimistic hero who was headstrong yet followed the rules. However, he would go off the beaten path to be extra when he needed to, but he was very mm-hmm. consistent. You look at, and this is the same guy who went through devastation, loss forced to, like, kill his best friend, he thought, you know, but he never once changed, quote-unquote, 
is added to. Yes, we saw him in Obi-Wan series of him being off the way of the Force, but he still was consistently Obi-Wan. He still picked up that hero mantle when needed. He still went out and saved Leia. You get to the um, the Rebels where he fights Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Consistently, that's Ben Kenobi. That felt like Ben Kenobi. Obviously, in the original trilogy, that's Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan. Like He was consistent. He wasn't a coward. He wouldn't run. When we see Luke, it's like, wait a minute. Here's the thing. This don't feel like Luke. This is, this is Jake Skywalker, yes. as Mark Hamill would say. You know, <laughs> is it? Is it to me? It, it, I just think like that inconsistency was the reason why I think. I, let me let me make that. a point real quick. That's why I'm going back. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we're looking at this as a right now problem. Basically, is what's happening here because right. there's 30 years. Of Luke, like how much do people change in 30 years, right? It's so many life experiences right. could happen in 30 years that, yeah, sure, you, you look at him when he's in his early 20s and versus in his 50s. It's, it, people could be a completely different person. Um, and the idea is, and I was saying this before about, you know, in 15 years, imagine all the Luke Skywalker stuff we're going to have in 15 years where you're going to see that slow progression. Mm-hmm. To the point where by the time we see him in the last Jedi, we've seen him through the Thrawn conflict, we've seen him through maybe some other conflicts along the way. We're gonna look at that as somebody that had watched, let's say we get somebody that watched everything leading up to Last Jedi, all these other series he's gonna be in. And I can right. I could probably almost guarantee you no one will have a problem anymore. Because Lucasfilm is listening right. to the feedback right. think, and like looking will... back, they're gonna build him up to be like, I, I, I can I will, see it. I will totally give you that. I will totally give you that because again, that's and that's growth mm-hmm. personally. Like you have yep. to want to like give it a chance, and I'm willing to give it a chance if they expand it out. However, have we have they even discussed giving us any type of Luke information over those thirty years? We have not heard nothing. Yeah, no. We've that's... gotten glimpses of him. Yeah, but yeah. like, oh my, God, we have not gotten enough books. We have not gotten enough. We, we could get a, a we got a mini series of like a, a I don't care if it's Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. style of give us something mm-hmm. you know i think yep. that if they'd have given us that let's say over the last three years and say hey let's shift shift the focus on luke let's now try to bridge those, those trilogies with mm-hmm. each other and say okay this is why luke became this curmudgeon and who kind well, of dissed himself from the force like i would if you'd have given me that i think i'd, I'd have been that guy say hey now I'm starting to get a better picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do I still like the last Jedi? No, but I see why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. That's me being mature, absorbing the information and trying to understand their storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan and those guys were being a little too arrogant and, try, and trying to be extra instead of saying, hey, let's slowly build mm-hmm. this out and then give them a reason to go and go back to see this. Well, here's, here's the thing... Here's the thing when it comes to a lot of that stuff. I mean, just like the prequels, you know, just like the prequels with Clone Wars, you know, with them, like, if they go and build out Luke and stuff like this, you know, it's just it's just basically, like, doing a lot of footwork and groundwork they missed on when it comes to the actual movie. Like, yeah, you know, sure, that, that's, just, sure. that's just flat out what, what it is. Like, that's what Clone Wars did for the prequels. It, it, you know, it missed a lot of the holes that were in the prequels, or it fixed a lot of the holes that were in the prequels um, in uh, the gaps between the movies and such. And, like... You know that's all this would be doing you know for like luke's character um i think i think also a big part of this it's it's been my consistent it's been my consistent thing for star wars for years now is the issue when it came around that time 
gosh, here we here we go. We're talking our, our throwbacks on on Disney Plus and Star Wars the last four years, but just in general, my thing is when it comes to Star Wars, it's been consistent. It's when the Last Jedi was out, there was so much wild stuff on social media, and instead of like you know um, handling it well, Lucasfilm's like PR continued to let like ryan johnson battle fans on social media and battle and battle and just say all kinds of wild stuff about fans and like you know the thing is like in my opinion when it comes to these like star wars specifically it it can be for any of these companies like they need to like get their people in check like hey you know we don't need to be like going out and saying wild stuff on social media like let's just keep you know almost like uh you know, kind of like how like the Patriots were in the NFL all those years, Milton, like, you know, hey, we're going to focus on what the goal is. We're not worrying about outside noise, blah, blah, blah. Like right. when, we, when we talk about the game, we talk about the game. We don't talk about anything outside the game. And like, I think that's what, you know, a lot of the people missed right. around the, around the time of that movie was it was just a lot of like wild stuff on the social media from the people mm. involved in the project. And like, that's always my consistent thing with Lucasfilm. I wish they would just take a different approach with their PR, but they don't. It, it's like, they just, they just like tell everybody, Hey, just go wild and do whatever you want on social media. Well, and, until it becomes you know, yeah, the car think, situation <laughs> and then they shut it yeah, down. Yeah, so there's, <laughs> yeah. There's a huge difference. Like, I think, I think if you do it, like, you know, I'm, I need to represent Ryan Johnson and Pablo Dalco and those guys. Cause you know, they were like that. Even Chuck Wendig was like that with his. Oh yeah. I mean, I, and I, and I get why they would bite back. Cause I, Trust me, I got that same personality. I just think they got to give the company a line. You got to give the company a line in those situations. Absolutely. But my thing is, though, this and this is where where Kathleen needs to take leadership and be like, okay, let's do like a Star Wars town hall then. Like, you know, they do those market calls for Disney. Let's do a town hall market call for Star Wars and say, hey, this is where we're at with our projects. I don't need to give you details about story. I don't need to give you details about what we're actually doing. Because you've always said it, and we've like we've all said it. Cage Star Wars has been really cagey, and, and Lucasfilms and really cagey. Mm-hmm. It's like stop with that. Like just say, well, hey, well, let's stand here. with the good good organizations, and I'm gonna use sports here. Good organizations in sports who are consistently competing or consistently have consistent great fan bases, or tend to be the organizations that one know how to communicate with their fan bases, know how to keep them engaged, know how to keep wanting them to come back for more. And, and know how to just overall make that fan base feel like they're valued and heard. They, yep. I mean, look, you don't have to listen to the fans all the time. We don't know what we really talk about. We don't know everything. Facts. And yep. I, I'm a fan too, so I don't know everything about Star Wars and where to properly take the stories. Mm-hmm. However, I'm a. I feel I need to feel like I'm not being heard, but feel valued. Feel like, hey, we're trying here. You know, I love the Eagles. Jeffrey Lurie is our owner. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job. He's always in the media, yeah. But also doing a good job at communicating with the organization and the fans. Say, hey, this is why we made this decision. This is why we're going this route. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. But I want to communicate. I want to be transparent. This is what's best for the organization. Whether you cut a guy, you trade for him, you fire a coach, this and they communicate it. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. We'll move forward. We'll give you a chance. Mm -hmm. Well, look. I I mean, look. Look at like um our for our sports fans out here. Two years after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they fired Doug Peterson because it wasn't good enough. You know, they wanted to upgrade and they did. And, you know, Nick Sirianni has been great for them as the coach. So, like, right. it's and just, you, it's, go on. What I'm saying, you have to make hard decisions, whether it's in running the sports franchise or running the movie studio, 
running the movie, whatever. You have to be willing to make that hard decision, which I think Kathleen is, it, she's very capable of doing it. She's done it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to hate on her for that. Like, she's yeah. in that position for a reason. I think when it comes to now with this whole strike being over, and I'm sure we'll get into that conversation because, Chris, yep. you talked about where is Disney or where Star Wars going to go now that the strike's over. I think this is a time where now that the strike's concluded, mm-hmm. I think that Star Wars, Lucasfilm, and all these studios need to do a better job at being more transparent with their fan base, mm-hmm. where things are going. Don't give us all the details. We don't need them. But, hey, let's just make them feel like, hey, we are trying to connect with our fan base. We're trying to make them feel like they're part of this family and this community because they're the ones that drive all this. Mm-hmm. It's show business. If, if, we, if we don't come out, you don't have a business. So you got to keep us somewhat feeling valued and somewhat involved. You know, th- does that make sense? No, perfectly. Um, Definitely. So there you have it. A good old Outer Rim Transmission rant, or not really a rant, but a, a off-the-cuff discussion about The Last <laughs> Jedi, about the future of Lucasfilm, all within 25 minutes. Look at that. So getting into the show proper, we already have a bit of an audience. We got Small Bento Sakura. We have the race side. Hannah's here. Like I said, I th- those guys are back on the air again. The Star Wars Underworld Network podcast is, is back online, so go ahead, give those guys a follow. Because uh, if you like the conversations here, I'm sure you're going to like the conversations over there as well. Sure. I want to shout out Hannah real quick. The other day, I think she was, I wonder her video, she talked about having the fans picture some Star Wars ideas for shows or movies or something, which I thought that was kind of dope. Like, that's kind of cool because yeah. it's cool to see. It's cool to see how the fans can be creative. So shout out to Hannah for engaging her audience like that and getting them to try to picture some shows because Hannah if you need someone to play a Jedi, come hit your boy up. Or I'll, I'll be a Sith Lord. You want me to be a Sith Lord? <laughs> I can act. I got it. So come hit your boy up. Yep. There you go. There you go. There you go. And I'll just be uh, just a rando bounty hunter in the background walking around or smuggler or something. You need one of those uh, stunt double just jumping and getting shot or something. I could probably do that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we are live here, obviously, on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and that's when we go live every week. So make sure you go ahead if you're watching after the fact or if you end up listening to us, uh, go ahead and check us out. We'd love to be having you guys as our interactive uh, chat room here. Um, We're also available on any podcast streaming app of your choice, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. We're all there. Just search Outer Room Transmission. The race side, uh, she's replying back. I'll hook you up for sure, she's saying. So there we go. We might we might get like a foot into Hollywood because I don't know if you guys know, but, but Rayside, she's killing it. She is like really rising with these subscriber numbers. Um, well, so. that's, that's what happens, Chris. I mean, you might have to take a hint. That's what happens like, you know, when she goes and paints herself blue on screen on stream and yep. becomes thrown on stream like hey maybe you have to do that next time i mean that, she's probably one of the few if not the only star wars variety show online so go ahead check it yeah. out <laughs> i'm very curious to see what she's gonna think of next because it always is surprising to say the least <laughs> oh man so yes we have some things to talk about in the world of publishing we have darth vader issue number 40 shadows of starlight issue number two the high republic issue number one for phase three so the high republic phase three has kicked off properly i'm always joined or i should say i joined matthew because it's on the star wars underworld network every thursday at 12 15 p.m eastern time uh bring your lunch bring your 
uh, breakfast, as we like to say, um, and bring her comics because like, we go into a deep dive of every week's comics um, in like a 40 minute, 45 minute bite sized show. Uh, so we'd love for you guys to join us there, be a part of the live discussion. It's really good times over there. And jumping into things proper, we got we got more episodes. Oh, yeah, new episodes, more episodes, same thing. Of the Young Giant Adventures, you know, it's the the show that's skewed for like the three to five range. Um, but what's notable about this one is they're really starting to thread in the higher public content. We get Load and Great Storm, we get Bell Zetafar, we get the Charhounds, we get Nile representation, we get Starlight Beacon, and we get Maru, who is one of the leaders on Starlight Beacon. So it's we get references to Avar Chris. So Whereas before, this show was very much uh, in its own little universe. Uh, these last six episodes they uploaded, still part season one, um, they are at least acknowledging um, the, the literature of the higher public itself, of that whole current thing. So, yeah, pretty cool to get some on-screen stuff. Um, so there you go, and it's really fun. I think, I think a lot of kids will dig it. Um, I've yet to sit down with my niece and nephew and watch it, but... Holidays are coming up, so I'll be seeing them more often, and just maybe I'll get them to watch it. Who knows? <laughs> hey, there you go. Minecraft. Well, that, that oh, go ahead. Original, well, see, that goes to my original point when we talked earlier about the app. Like, I think Disney Plus does a good job at trying to capture different audiences, whether it's older adults, teenagers, young adults, kids. You know, like my niece turned one in August. Now, she's not into Star Wars, but she likes Encanto. Oh. All type of movies, and hopefully in a year or two, I get her into watching Star Wars. I know her dad likes it. So my my sister doesn't really like Star Wars, but I can convince <laughs> my brother in law to have his daughter watch Star Wars. Easily. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, we can get little Sawyer to watch Young Jedi Tales. You know, Clone Wars eventually. Like yeah. I'm telling you, it will be something that's that that'll be a good jump off point. I think for any little kid. Seriously. Plus, she's a little girl, so we need. I love having nieces that are really into star wars so i mean i have two older nieces that love darth vader like i'm thinking that's amazing so we need more like female fans it just expands the brand it strengthens the brand yeah my niece is absolutely terrified and apparently my my nephew's terrified of darth vader now so i don't know if that's gonna scare him away from star wars (laughs) i'm a little nervous like oh no (laughs) oh man i mean there's scarier things out there in the star wars galaxy uh like job of the hut i don't know he always freaked me out but but interested me at the same time so yeah for know. me for me when i was a kid the only thing that ever freaked me out ever um when i was younger watching the ot you know when i was like five six seven whatever was the tuscan raiders and a new hope those oh. things always freaked me out every single time whenever they attacked luke that was like the only thing that ever bothered me in star wars that and the wampa especially the special yeah. editions with the wampa eating like the freaking bloody chicken leg or whatever the mm. turkey leg Oh man, that just the blood. I I think it was more or less like the blood in the teeth that really got yep. to me. I'm just like, holy crap! When did Star Wars become a horror story? Oh, 1997. George <laughs> Lucas just decided to put this like extra gory stuff in the in the film for some reason. But hey, sets the backdrop. These things are dangerous creatures, and they apparently kill a lot of stormtroopers and Shadows of the Empire. So they're more than formidable opponents. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we got that um, Minecraft. Ben, I'm throwing this one to you. Did you did you get a chance to play the new Minecraft DLC? Um, not with me being sick, but I did like watch some videos on it and whatnot. Okay. And for anybody um, 
that's looking to play it you know it's like a purchasable dlc i'm pretty sure it's cheap it's only like 10 bucks or something um so it's so it's cheap um but yeah i mean from what i've seen from the videos and stuff like the graphics look really nice like you go around like the prequel era um you know you run into like you know darth maul you from what i've seen from the videos like you can um you know at the beginning of it you actually go to like the council and get knighted by the council and everything um become a jedi yeah so like it's like in depth and stuff so like you know, you actually, that's why I was going to message you, Chris, and say, I think you would actually like it because, you know, it's a story like you actually are a Jedi going around the galaxy. Like Yoda, like from what I got anyway from watching videos, like I guess Yoda like sends you on a mission or whatever. But um, but yeah, like you get knighted and everything. So I'm like, man, this is actually really cool. And like the locations look really nice. And like, yeah, I just I didn't get a chance to play it because I was sleeping so much this week. But, uh, but yeah, I'm planning on playing it here at some point because, hey, for only like 10 bucks, like can't really beat that for a nice little star wars game to play just in the meantime yeah for what i imagine this is a um single player kind of experience because minecraft is usually just a sandbox game where it's just hey go ahead have fun build houses i don't know it said on the advertisement though um like you can do a multiplayer experience with it so i'm not sure I would yeah, I mean I'm that would sure. get that would get me more into it for sure because mm-hmm. instead of like ghouls and zombies let them just have stormtroopers and battle droids coming after you at mm-hmm. night I don't know like they could or they could come up with a lot more creative Star Wars creatures than than that I'm sure but yeah I mean that's a survival game they're, they're not really my jam I'd rather play Minecraft Dungeons, which is basically a, a Diablo 4 clone, <laughs> which is what I'm actually stuck on right now is Diablo. So, but yeah, no, it's good. Again, a, a, another experience. Um, and, you know, that's going to be an experience that will replace Star Wars Hunters because apparently that's getting pushed back to next year. That's our next story here. Star Wars Hunters has been delayed to 2024. I don't think anybody's really surprised by this because half the people probably are thinking, is this game even still being made? <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't laugh, but it's just kind of almost a joke at this point because this game got announced back at Anaheim 2019, I think. Or, no, no, no. Um, Yeah, no, 2022. Yeah, 2022. I played this game, and since then, they announced and released Jedi Survivor. And they'll probably, at this rate, have Star Wars Outlaws before this game. So I'm just racking my brain saying what's going on here you know so yeah there's not much i don't want to spend much time on this because there's we've talked about it last week and here it pops up again this week we thought it was coming out soon because last week they put out like some kind of behind the scenes trailer and when they do that that's probably a good sign of like oh this thing's going along fine we're gonna release this uh companion content to go along with hyping up the game but yeah don't get hyped up too quick it's gonna be delayed so who knows we don't even have tentative release schedule just says 2024 as nebulous as that can be so yeah. next yeah i would say i don't know i don't think anyone's that excited for it. i think they've no. killed their hype on it um if they if they announced i would be a little bit more uh, intrigued if they announced alongside the delay we are also developing on pc xbox and playstation yep. then they would have my attention because and I, I'm not a mobile gamer, but then this is coming from the same guy who's been obsessed with this new Warcraft Rumble game from Blizzard lately. So I can't say I'm not a mobile gamer because I, I, I dabble, but I'd rather just have a Star Wars game like that on the big screen. And I only have a Switch Lite, which I know it's my problem. I, sh- I could just buy a Switch 
and hook it up proper to the TV, but the light, you can't do that. <laughs> but so I've been, I've been a predictive man because I'm like, eh, just put it on Steam. Like, can it be that hard? I don't know. I'm not a game developer, so I shouldn't say things like that, but I just think it's weird. Every game's on Steam. Why isn't this on Steam? I don't know. <laughs> But getting into our story, uh, the first one's kind of a, a kind of a preface to our main thing here. It's because of the strike, the SAG, Afra, they came to an agreement, and they they made some compromises along the way. But the main thing is that you know the actors will be compensated better than they were before. I don't know. Ben, about the whole AI situation, do you have any more information on that? Because I did not look up, like, the fine print or the actual details on what's going on with that. I mean, I know the the general gist of it, basically, you know, they got, the, uh, the actors got, you know, their, their um, you know, their pay, their pay raise and stuff they wanted. Um, but, like, you know, they, they, they got a lot of the things they wanted. But um, when it comes to the AI thing, that was, like, the big thing, you know, that was the sticking point. And basically the gist... Um, of what the studio was trying to do was like, hey, you know, we want to sign you for a a one-off deal, and then after that one-off deal, we own your rights indefinitely, like even after death, basically to use your AI likeness whenever you know whenever we want. And then they were also fighting the studio. This is from the studio side, they were also fighting for um, you know for the right to use AI rights for deceased actors without their permission of their family members or estate. So like, that's why, you know, that info basically, um, you know, like Jeff Snyder talked about it on the hot mic this week, you know, that, that info pretty much purposely got leaked out there, you know, most likely from the SAG side of things because they wanted to get out there. So, you know, all you saw on social media last week was like the AI talk and, you know, there was so much AI talk, and like that had to have put a lot of pressure on the studio, so that's why they ended up backing off of that point. Um, so like I know they got past that point, which was the huge sticking point, which is really, you know, it's good and it's great. The actors got like their, you know, fair deal for you know what they were demanding and stuff. And now it's just, uh, you know, now they have like another three year deal. So I believe you know they're renegotiating next time in like twenty twenty six or twenty twenty seven. So we have a few years before another. Um, potential negotiating time but um but yeah it sounds like from what it sounds like anyways like the actors you, you know it sounded like it was a pretty solid deal for both sides like you know the actors mm. gave leeway to whatever the studios were wanting a bit and like the studios gave in to some of the yeah. ai and the pay things so like it felt like you know just from general buzz that it was a pretty fair deal yeah so combined because you gotta think like the writer's strike, I think, started like what, like uh, two months before the actor strike began, something like that. So a combined total of yeah. over six months of basically all work stopping in Hollywood and production in general. So, yeah, it, it was a lot. It was a lot of disruption. And that's what they want, right? To, to get their point, to get what they want. You got to disrupt. You got to just kind of change the status quo things. Uh, so oh, doing yeah. so... In doing so, a lot of things were not being able to be promoted, right? The actors weren't able to share their experiences, go on the talk shows, and now the floodgates have been released, and we have gotten content from the Ahsoka behind the scenes, and it's been really freaking awesome. I've been, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the stuff floating around on Twitter and whatnot, but um, I think a lot of it comes from Ivana, who is 
um, the actress that plays. Um, oh gosh, I'm just freezing on the act on the character's name. Um, the protege of Balin's skull. It's like uh, uh, Satyrs. Oh, oh Shin Shin Hati. Shin Shin Hati. Yeah, her and Amanas Fandi have both been posting on Instagram um after the after the fact and it's been great like Yvonne I think got got this awesome epic image of Thrawn of him just sitting on this like lawn chair with his like legs up and he's in full costume smoking a cigarette (laughs) it's like this is the most gangster thing I have seen and then I seen somebody just like photoshop it into like one of the actual Thrawn novels where there is a throne with Thrawn on it of like mm-hmm. him replacing like the 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 uh, painted version, and I was like, that works just as good. It's perfect. And then and then there's like a videos out there of like all the people like like Hayden and Ivana just like chilling, driving a kid's land speeder, like RC like little tiny speeder that they can't fit in, so their legs are just like hanging out, <laughs> and like Ivana has these shades on. Just smoking the cigarette, like that's the common thing I know. It's like everybody smokes on this set. I'm like, this is the Europeans. I not the not to yeah. put a blanket statement, but it is known that Europeans smoke a lot more than Americans as I, far as cigarettes. Because I, I, I was over I, there, and yeah, my relatives do. Yeah, I was over there, and I, I, I for London, and I've seen that stuff real quick. Like, not not trying to show it aside because. Europeans are generally a lot healthier than Americans. The, that just happens to be their vice, right? That that's that's what they do. So I just thought it was funny, just seeing Thrawn smoking a cigarette, seeing her smoking, and she's got these shades on, and she's driving this land speeder around the back lots at Lucasfilm or or wherever they film in, I guess in Southern California. And then Hayden Christensen gets on the front, and she's driving behind him. Oh it's, yeah, it was it cool seeing just, some of those. Oh my gosh, I got a laugh out of that. Oh yeah, it was cool seeing some of those behind the scenes pictures like that, and then you know even some of the funny social media interactions. Like soon as the strike news happened, um, like five minutes before you know it finally like clicked over to where it was official or whatever, Amon like tweeted Star Wars and was like, "Hey Star Wars, can I finally like get a shout out now on your account since oh. you know I you haven't been shouting me out and stuff?" And they responded, they were like, "Hold on, only a few more minutes, and then we officially can." So like you know they were actually that- like, tweeting back and forth with him, and you know it's good like see to see things back in um you know motion now like you know it's like it's full steam ahead for Hollywood and you know full steam ahead for Star Wars like we have so much like to like speculate about for upcoming projects and oh, things yeah. like it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, so diving into the show, the, the the topic proper about 42 minutes in. So <laughs> classic out of room transmission, just getting it in later than we want, but still had good conversation because even Rayside uh, was really enjoying our conversation earlier about just the general side of things. But it's interesting because when you, I, I was thinking about this just a few minutes ago, when you have six or seven months that the writers can't do anything, right? I'm thinking, like, are they rethink as Lucasfilm, as Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger? Like, what is their thought process now? Because it's ending up like having this much time to think. Like, the, are they doubling back now with how, all this extra time that they're thinking? Like, oh, maybe we should do things differently. This, this over here with this storyline, or this storyline over here, rather than having this 
you know, in the last three or four years, having to schedule where like everything came out on time. There's not really any delays because production keeps continuing. What happens when production stops? Is their status quo in their mind, like track backtracking? Maybe be like, oh, instead of doing this, when we could start ready, we could do this. I don't know. That that seemed to dawn on me. Right. <laughs> well, I think I think this goes into leadership and and being a good leader. I think in any good field field you work in, if you, there's some type of work stoppage or some type of you know uh, bump in the road, you always take time to reassess because that's what good leaders do. So if Kathleen and Bob are the good leaders as we think they are, they're looking at the situation and say, okay, one, what can we do to grow our business? Because that's most important because it's a business. To what can we do to make the best content for the fans is going to keep fans coming back. Three, what what else can we do to ensure that um, one like this this strike, I'm, which has affected them. What can we do to make our our writers and our actors feel like that they're part of this family and that they're valued? You know, if they if they look at those three things, I'm sure and, and make the changes where they need to be changed. Then they're going to be fine. Then they're going to make really good decisions because we, we know Star Wars is in a weird place right now. Yes, we got the Ahsoka show, which was fairly well received. I know the last two episodes were a little, uh, you know, whatever. But obviously, Star Wars is still in a weird place for some fans. So I think they need to take the time to say, okay, where do we need to take this? Because the focus should be shifting, whether it's here, here, or here. Um, and I know they have all those plans of the movies coming out and with Ray and all that type of stuff. So, and they got the, um, I guess it, the Mando movie. No, um, what movie was coming next? Well, the Filoni movie, um, whatever, whatever he's going to make. The, it's, it's, it's the yeah. Ray, Ray movie, Filoni movie. And then, um, James Mangold, uh, old Jedi yeah. movie, whatever it is. Right. Right. And like, so I just think if they looked at those things, I'll miss, I, I, I listed and reassessed and said, Hey, what can we do to strengthen all those things I talked about? And they should be fine because, leaders do that type of stuff kathleen kennedy don't get where she gets to without looking in the mirror and reassessing whether it's about herself or about her company or her direction bye bye doesn't become the ceo for disney for as long as he's been mm-hmm. by just being some schmuck he has <laughs> yeah. to look in the mirror and say, i mean hey, we need to do this better we, we need I mean, to do, I, I need to change this we need to make the adjustments here you know again we always talk about sports analogies on this show Every great organization, GM, coach, or owner, if they want to be consistently consistent, good, and always contending, they make the necessary changes to ensure that their franchise yep. is always in that position. I mean, look at Pittsburgh Steelers for football fans out there. Yep. Pittsburgh mm. Steelers have been a consistent franchise for 20 years, plus, 20 plus years, actually. Even when they have down years, they're consistent and they make the proper changes well, when needed. Well- well, Milton, I think even even better example, I mean, not to be your Eagles homer, is the Eagles. Look, they went from Andy <laughs> Reid for 15 years yep. to um, Doug Peterson to Nick Sirianni. And the Eagles have been a good team since 1999, and it's 2023. So, like, you know, like, they're always a consistent organization. And, like, I think that consistency right. is important when it comes to, like, you know, this whole thing with Star Wars or, like, you know, not being afraid to adjust. Like, like you know, upcoming, you know, this year to, like, kind of get into, like, our shows coming up. Yeah. We have the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. we have the Acolyte, and then we have Skeleton Crew. And the thing is, we still don't have a solidified date for any of those things. Like, we're, we're assuming, right. you know, Bad Batch will probably be in the spring, I would assume, or like, you know, here January, February, March, pr- probably just because that's where it's fallen, you know, in its history. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then Skeleton Crew, see, here's the, here's the tricky part when it comes to the Acolyte and Skeleton Crew, 
Um, like, I haven't seen, like, a ton of people talk about this online, but if you think about it, the only shows they have in the can right now are Bad Batch, Skeleton Crew, Acolyte. Wait, and wait. the thing is... They also have Tales of the Jedi, maybe, right? Was, that was Tales of the year? Jedi done or was it? Yeah, I, I don't think know. it was even started, but I, I thought I heard it was going to come out next year at some point. That's okay, what I, so, I thought I heard that too. Okay, okay. So, so you have oh, those and Andor, shows. Andor. Well, Andor wasn't completely done though, so no, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they'll squeeze that in. So, so, so that's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm saying here is like talking about as adjusting is like think. So we have, like, if you're if you're in Star Wars' shoes, you only have three projects essentially maybe four let's just say three for this argument three three projects in the can right now oh yeah that are usable okay like in the can ready go press ready a button and it's on yep. disney plus okay oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay so so let's let's say from that point of view so the thing is with star wars if you're them with with you not having because because let's say you know mando season four that will not happen until 2025 now most likely because there's no way they're going to squeeze it all in and get it done by 2024 you know we're only two months away from 2024 people so you know it's just a matter of what's going to get pushed or moved around because the Mm -hmm. thing is if you're star wars for example so you have like bad batch say earlier in the year maybe acolyte in the summer or fall do you push skeleton crew completely out of 2024 because no. you might not have a show spring of 2025, for example, because the only shows that would be coming spring of 2025 potentially would either be Andor or Skeleton Crew if you push it. So, like, that's the tricky part with Star Wars, because we probably won't get Mando season four until probably fall of 2025, if I had to guess, like, just based on lot logistics of filming and everything and editing. So it's just it's just a matter of, like, I wonder how they're going to do, you know, this shuffling about with all these shows. I think with... With the hype of the Mandalorian saga, whatever you want to call it, Mandoverse, they've been consistently putting out a show in the Mandoverse every year. So uh, Skeleton Crew's got to come out next year because people are wondering what's going on with Ahsoka. I'm I'm hoping we get some answers in that show, but I'm not going to hold my breath because what the heck? Like another thing, right, that we can go into is maybe we'll start hearing announcements. I mean, it is not known by anybody officially if Ahsoka's getting a season two. I think before the hype even dies down, there's still some people talking about Ahsoka out there. Right. Uh, capitalize on that. They know or they know if they are or not by now. If they're making a season two, well, they that, better know. Just tell us. Right. Like, and season that's two. the thing. Like, Star Wars, look, this is what I said earlier. This is where I think they, they, they really should look in like, the assessment of saying, how can we build that relationship better with our fan base? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. again, we don't need to know everything, but we need to know what direction are you going to take this this excellent franchise that's that's going to survive out that's mm-hmm. going to outlive us it's because we need a good understanding be transparent with the fans yeah. in a way that we feel like we're a part of it and we have a clear direction it all comes down to clear direction and consistency which is one of my gripes that i had about you know the films for that short period of time when they re, when they came out in 2015 because it it felt like it was all over the place so i think if we get back to just hey Let's give the fans an idea of what we're looking to do. Let's try to be consistent. I tell you what, we would not gripe as much. We would not be up in arms. Now, you still have your haters out there because they just like <laughs> to hate. That's what they do. But you communicate with your communication, people. That's all we ask for. That's all yeah. we ask for. If you give that to us, things will be somewhat, I think, better. And I think we would be more receptive 
to what Lucasfilm and Disney's trying to give us. Yeah, so oh, as yeah. far as the things that I think have not been affected by the strikes, I believe animation, people have been recording animation, like voice actors could still do voice recording, right? So that stuff has been still going. So I, I really don't think Bad Batch gets affected by the strike really much at all. Also, what's really interesting, I'm pretty sure visual effects artists and stuff were still working the entire time. Oh, yeah, they, they, they were working around the clock. I mean, that's why um, that's why Deadpool, um, you know, according according to like Jeff Snyder, he heard the first half of Deadpool is getting screened soon for for, um, you know, shareholders or something. So, wow. like, there's a lot of things that were still getting their visual effects completely done even though it was through the strikes, because you got to think about it. Like the visual effects artists have nothing to do with, you know, the SAG negotiation or the WGA negotiation because they're a separate contracted company. Like, you know, I've heard mm -hmm. um, like, you know, John Campy had talked about it before when back in the early two thousands, he ran a special effects company for a few years and, you know, he was just contracted all, you know, they got the project and they worked the special effects. Like they didn't in interact with anybody, you know, from the thing. So, um, so yeah, the special effects for all these shows were still mm -hmm. going on. Like for example, um, like Andor special effects. Like you know, they were. I'm sure they got all the special effects they could do. You know, up to whatever certain yeah. point. You know, they had film for. Like I'm, I, I'd be 99.9% uh, .9 sure they they were. Like mm -hmm. yeah, just and, because and it's a separate separate entity. Let's let's look at how the films can be pushed back, right? Because you look at Marvel. And we got a big shakeup that's happening there. So apparently Deadpool 3 was supposed to come out in 2024 May. It got pushed back to July 26th of 2024. And then Captain America 4, Brave New World, and then I think it's the Thunderbolts, completely got moved like six months or something like out of 2024 into 2025. So next year there's going to be a single Marvel movie, whereas there was originally supposed to be three. So... I mean, I I don't know if this is going to affect the Star Wars movies at all because our, our next one was supposed to be in 2025 with this Ray movie and then, you know, the, the Mandalorian verse is going to be upsided. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if... if Because it was already so far out. If it got pushed back enough... I mean, a lot of that time is spent with pre-production, like getting the sets made. Maybe there was a script already. They could start doing the sets and stuff, costuming and, and stuff like that. So I'm going to be curious to see if they could still tar hit that target two years from now that they had originally set. Yeah, yeah because it was it was 2026, correct? Well, no, the movie was going to be 2025 for the Ray movie, I thought. I was thinking, I thought it was, because no, I, would, I don't want to like try to like correct you on air, but I think though, Chris, I think the way it was set up was I think it was May 2026, December 26 and then December oh. 27 because oh, it was in an 18 month calendar okay. all three movies were mm. I'm I'm like I'm like 80% I'm pretty sure it was 26 and now, but, yeah. but, the, but but the thing is even with that um I think with the Ray movie it's it's a lot easier than the Dave movie just because you don't have to worry about finishing up the Mandoverse stuff exactly. right now because because if you think about it with the Mandoverse you have Mandalorian season four. We know that, you know, that's that's gonna be coming. We got, you know, is there an Ahsoka season two? Potentially, if so, yes. You know, we you know, we get that potentially. So that's two shows right there. And then you also have, you know, Skeleton Crew still coming out. You have um, you know, stuff like that. And then on top of it, the thing is when it comes to those shows, um just the way they're gonna be doing things, like if you think about this like from a um 
like marketing point of view, they're going to want to clear the decks. Whatever year Dave Filoni's movie comes out, they're going to want to clear the decks for the marketing. They're not going to have like Mando season five two months before the Dave movie. You know <laughs> what I mean? So like, so so it's going to. I think the Dave movie could get pushed back even further, honestly, mm. just based on schedules and stuff. But I think I think the Ray movie might stand strong. It might actually stay in that 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 potential May time slot. Yeah, and it's going to be very interesting again with this gap in time, like. Have John, have Dave been looking more at feedback of the fans, right? Mm. Are they taking the time to just stand back and be like, look at some of the forums, look at social media and be like, oh, okay, like I see the fans didn't gravitate toward this, but maybe we can course correct. We got some time. We could start spinning some ideas, you know, Milton. I don't know if they would ever look at that stuff or if they even do, period, but that could be a possibility. I mean, look, it, it, there, that, that's a slippery slope. I've always said, like, you know, you should acknowledge the fans when, when necessary. Not all the time. Because let's be real here. Like, because I can come up with some off-the-wall ideas, which would make no sense for Star Wars. That's, oh, just, yeah. my, that's just my own head I, I, However, but, but what I'm saying is, like, there's times where, I mean, you look at all the fan stories that are being presented on YouTube. I mean, just go to YouTube and type in Star Wars fan films. Like, and mm -hmm. the stuff that comes out of their brains is amazing. Yep. So right there, I think the Star Wars can acknowledge like, hey, these people are creative. We might have to piggyback some of their ideas and like and put it within canons, you know, give them the proper credit and reach out to that person who made it. But like, it's okay to listen to the fans and see what they're working on. He's like, okay, that's not a bad idea. Again, have a forum with these with these fans. Whether actually, who does that? Um, Star Wars Theory, he does yep. that. He'll have like, fans come on his show. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about like the stuff that they work on and talk about their their fandom and all that type of stuff. That's a cool way to connect with your fan base and have like a town hall. That's why I think it's important that if you continue to communicate with us, give us a give us mm -hmm. a platform platform we feel like we're being heard and we're part of the process. Oh my God, you you'd be surprised how receptive people will be if they do that. I do. I do, I I am like. At least I don't know about Dave, but I'm definitely like a hundred percent sure John looks into feedback because <laughs> because just watch. I mean, it's not even speculation. Go watch the Boba Fett behind the scenes documentary. Like oh, he gets yeah. he gets he gets so defensive about his story choice for Boba Fett, and he talks about you know he he pretty much goes right at the fan criticism that came out about that show in the behind the scenes. So John definitely looked up like reviews or reactions to the show because, you know, he was very defensive in the Boba Fett behind the scenes documentary. Um, so he, I, I know he definitely looks into it. And the thing is too, like when it comes to those famous people, don't get me wrong. Like, like I don't care how humble and everything they act, but you know, I've, I've, I've heard so many pro athletes talk about it before. No matter how hard an athlete says publicly, like, oh, I don't go and look into headlines. I don't look up media. And then, you know, you know, you get them talking when they're on podcasts and stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, when I got home laying in bed, I was searching my name on Twitter or whatever. You know, I guarantee you those people are looking up feedback and things like like it's only to me. It's natural. And like as a creative, um, I would I personally would want to get that feedback, though, you know, like like you, Chris, on your videos, like. You know, if if something's not working on one of your videos, I'm sure you would prefer someone to give you feedback, be like, yo, blah, 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 versus just letting you continue to, like, do it blindly. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think it's it's cool that, like, you know, they potentially are looking into feedback and stuff. But it does make me wonder, like, you know, how that will affect the filming, the schedules of all these things. Like, because, like, you have, 
you know, the Daisy movie, the, the James Mangold movie, and then the Dave movie. And it's just like, and that's even a question if the James Mangold movie happens or not, because like, oh, after what happened, yeah. with in, you know, what happened with Indiana Jones, like, does his movie even happen? So like, you know, you have those type of questions and like, so it's just, um, it's an interesting state Star Wars is in right now just to see like the schedules of where these things are going to end up falling. And I'm, I don't know. I'm so interested to see, like, all I want them to do is post a calendar for next year just to see where things release. Like, I want to see if the calendar just shows Bad Batch and Acolyte or Bad Batch, Acolyte, Skeleton Crew. Because think, guys, Skeleton Crew was supposed to be coming out around this time, right right now this year or, you know, in December. Like, and that's literally based off of the dude that plays Urkel. Like, he literally <laughs> said on camera at an NBA game, on uh, you know, at a halftime show, like, hey, blah, 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 the... You know, Skeleton Crew's coming out, you know, Thanksgiving holiday season, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like he literally confirmed the time frame of when it was supposed to be coming. So it should have been airing here in the next few weeks, but it's not. Mm. So like that show is completely done. So it's like, you know, or do they put that show early on, you know, because it's like more Mandoverse stuff yeah. like after Ahsoka. Like, so maybe, you know, like you said, Chris, maybe, you know, they're putting out Mandoverse shows every year. So maybe they do put um this out and then acolyte maybe be like late in the holiday season or something next year yeah i mean they gotta they gotta promote something so if you look at disney plus the next big release is going to be echo i think it's january 6th and they're putting out all episodes at the same time so there's not going to be much of of a lead up to that as far as promotion goes so i'm thinking we could get a star wars thing as early as late january early february which would be my guess because if they're not piecemealing it out echo one episode every week then once it's out they don't really have to share the the promotion anymore because the thing's out so yeah i'm thinking maybe yeah i'm thinking maybe january could be our next star wars thing so i'm hoping to hear about that soon but also just like looking at the six month um kind of time gap i'm i'm thinking about the visual effects and de-aging. And we've seen how fast it, it went from, or how much better it got from season two of Mando to Book of Boba Fett just like a year later. So it just, I'm hoping like they are able to iterate and maybe make leaps and bounds in like the, the virtual uh, department as well. I think that could be something where we'd be like, oh yeah, if it wasn't the sh- you know strike, we wouldn't have this amount of, you know, increase in this technology. Not not looking for the strike to be able to do that, but it's just like, well, that's what happens when you can't do anything else. You can at least adapt this era of um, this medium of, of entertainment and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean, there's a, there's all kinds of things like, um, you know, that are that are equivalent to that. I mean, look at like when countries go into like war times and stuff, that's where when the economies boom. So like, you know, this strike could have caused innovation from innovation you know, that's the word effects, yep. yeah visual effects companies like maybe they develop their ai technology or you know ai you know whatever um deep fake technology better so you know we could get more of those um younger actors and things like you know i mean look at indiana jones for example um mm. the, the oh yeah look, yeah look how good harrison ford looked in that that was wild um like the how good they did him and like you know you have people like him you have luke and I think this is, I guess, um, you know, I guess we're getting a little speculation territory, of course. Um, I guess that's the point of this, like the future of Star Wars right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, in my opinion, long term, big picture, it won't happen in any of the Mando shows. Um, 
or anything, but I think in the Dave movie, like just from a creative ego perspective, like I'm not saying like Dave is like some egomaniac or whatever, but who wouldn't want to do this? Okay. I think long term, big picture, we're gonna get the family portrait, Return of the Jedi esque, and it's gonna be all of Dave's characters and all of George's characters celebrating or some something. You know, we're gonna have our Han, Luke, Leia, you know, um, Ahsoka, Mando, all these people, Grogu, like you know, it'll be your your uh, family photo thing <laughs> because like just from a creative side of things, like, you know, it makes sense to have our original heroes in that movie, especially for the time period. Like, you know what I mean, Chris, you can't have a galactic crisis. And then on Luke and Leia be like, nah, we're on Naboo, you know, on vacation. Sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, I think long-term that's kind of like my speculation of what I will am probably guessing is going to happen long-term eventually in the Dave movie. I think, you know, over these next few years, we'll get more and more better, you know, technology like that. And I think we'll eventually get that big family photo meeting of George's and Dave's characters all on screen together. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a likely situation for sure. Um, Milton, do you have any last thoughts on this? I mean, look, I, I think overall, I, I think we are moving into a good direction. You know, I, I agree with Ben. I think we will get we will get some things that have been enhanced, especially with the technology aspect. I do agree mm -hmm. with you guys on that. I think is right a strike. There are probably well, some. What would you like to see, me. Milton? That's that's what would you like to see in these next few years as well? We'll throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was about to say. Like, I think yep. with the right strike and all that stuff, it enhanced the tech, which would then give us more opportunities to see things in Star Wars that we probably wouldn't have seen before. So I would love to see something where we just focus on Luke. You know, you, you give me something that focuses on Luke and his journey. I think I think that would make my attitude a little bit more better about that whole time mm -hmm. period of Star Wars. I think I think we're going to get more things where it's going to expand the universe. I think they I think they're actually going to hear that. They're going to hear like, OK, the fans are wanting more expansion. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing about Star Wars. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think they're going to give us more things that we haven't seen in Star Wars. Okay. And like, Oh, I didn't realize that was possible. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I'm looking forward to that. So here's the thing, right? They we have an entire new galaxy in Star Wars. I don't think enough people have dwelled on that fact. Mm -hmm. Is we've seen one new planet, Peridia, in a brand new Star Wars galaxy. Don't tell me that they don't have ideas about exploring that same galaxy in another way, right? Maybe it right. is Skeleton Crew because I read a blurb about Skeleton Crew. Saying something no. about a new galaxy, like these kids are trapped in a new galaxy or something. And, you know, obvious thought is, oh, my gosh, this is maybe how they're going to connect Ahsoka um, to other Mandoverse stuff or something like that. But, yeah, let's even if it's in a different time period or something like there you go, there's a new galaxy and let's see new creatures and new technology and new civilizations, new cultures. Uh, there's so much to to gather there. And, yes, uh, the. The new t innovation and in technology could definitely help, like cost efficiency. Maybe it won't cost as much. They could do more of it, make it more cinematic quality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Ben, any last thoughts? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I agree on all those points from both of you guys. Like, I just think you know, there's so much more innovation just year by year by year with all this filming stuff. And, it, you know, it opens up so many more storytelling avenues. For example, say if they do perfectly master a deepfake thing 
And like, what if, you know, I mean, Mark Hamill obviously is fine with it because he's worked with him several times now on this whole deepfake thing. So like, you know, partner with Mark Hamill and then we're going to get, you know, what if we do get a full Luke series, like an eight episode mini series of, of, you know, Luke and all this stuff. Like, it would be really cool just to see like where they could go with this. And then, you know, of course you have the implications, like you said, Chris, like they introduced a whole new galaxy and it's like. Yeah, like, you know, one of my big running questions before even that little blurb was out there about Skeleton Crew, I mean, I know some stuff about it, but it's like, I wonder what, like, how is that show going to connect to the Mandoverse? You know what I mean? It's a, it's a random show with a bunch know. of random characters, you know, and like, that's, that's going to be the interesting thing to see how they end up connecting that to the Mandoverse to make it, you know, like relevant to you know, the Mandalorian and potentially the Dave movie. Yeah, Ben, I have a very surface level answer. I'm one of the 4,000 people that have that answer because they showed us a trailer at Skeleton Crew and that pirate from Mandalorian is in there from season three. There you go. I I, I think he's got a name. I think he's got a name. But, yeah, there's a connection. It's it's not much, but there's the connection. Ace Jack Sparrow. (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically oh well on that note we're gonna wrap things up here for the night thanks to Rayside thanks to small Bentu Sakura for joining us for our live chat such a great lovely conversations there in the live chat so we hope that all of you can join us next week we're gonna be without Milton it's gonna be me and Ben and maybe somebody else we shall see won't make any promises Um, and you know this is going to be the one show that Milton's not on, where, where Lucasfilm will break, <laughs> give us the first ever timeline of, okay, guys, we're getting this, this, and this. It's like, damn it, Milton. But, uh, no, no, no. I, I hope. I, I, I'm trying to will this into existence, okay? Let's just, let's just you know what? <laughs> next next Sunday, we'll have to get like a random call in from Milton because they'll just go and announce a Luke series next Sunday afternoon, and he'll be like, uh-oh, got to call in. <laughs> No, see, the problem is if you do that, it's going to be with F-bombs and, you know, all that type of stuff. Especially if I'm hype, I'm like, yeah, let's let's F and go, bro. That's what what I've been been asking for. So, I mean, listen, I'd be uncensored, heavy. So, you might might have to bleep out every other word. (laughs) Oh, Um, man. Fun times as always, my friends. Uh, We got some really good topics spinning off of some, you know, broader type of discussions. We didn't have a whole lot of direction uh, topic-wise this show. I kind of pulled this out. You know, and I think we got some good conversation. Rayside saying two hour show, please. Sorry, I have to go watch the Marvels. So that's the only reason why I got to pull the plug a little earlier this time around, guys. But I'm going to throw it over to you, Milton. Where can the people find you? We know you're talking about the Eagles. You know, they're doing pretty good this year. Where can they find your sport commentary? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Milton7Weber. That's, I do a lot of like sports like posts on there, but like, Look, if you if you want to interact with me, you can hit me up on my DMs on Instagram on Twitter. So my my Twitter is Milton Weber Seven, my Instagram is Milton Seven Weber. If you want to talk sports, Eagles, whatever, you can DM me. I don't even care. Um, if you if you like the Cowboys or or you know the Washington team or Giants, miss me with that. We we ain't gonna be cool because you know <laughs> we bout that life with the NFC East. Let's go, eight um, one baby, and we and we got the Chiefs coming up. We ain't scared of nobody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, low key, I'm scared to talk to Mahomes. He's my fantasy quarterback. So, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Real Ben Maynard. I'm always talking Star Wars and fitness and um, celebrating hopefully another Browns win next Sunday. And uh, yeah, just getting back on the fitness grind after being sick for a week. And you know, it's feeling good to be back. And who knows? Well, maybe next week, Chris, you and me will have a two-hour show if 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 we're getting requests for that. <laughs> back to the old ways of doing things i suggest or i, I assume but um uh, as far as me on the channel here like i said i have my entire playthrough of jedi survivor all 12 parts are in a nice organized playlist on the channel make sure you go ahead and check that out if you know maybe you're like milton you haven't played the game but you want to see the story well it's all there and what? there's no there's no filler it's all single player story only no side quests there you have it yeah, thank you very one, much one final, you're welcome one final <laughs> one final thing to throw in there um also along with that when you're if you're wanting to play video games or whatever but hey one thing you got to do this week um i believe the date is november 17th we're in, we're in a few days it's going to be life day so get on disney plus and watch the old holiday special this week I don't think they have that on Disney Plus, and I don't think they'll ever want oh, to have that okay. on Disney Plus. Or, or, or okay, or go to YouTube and watch the pirated copy on YouTube. <laughs> That's the only way it exists, and I yeah. couldn't make it through. I, I I tried a couple years ago. I couldn't do it. Um, somebody could use it as a version of torture, I'm sure, because that's basically what it did to me. So, oh man, I didn't want to have to end on that note about the holiday special. But I guess that's how this show is going to end. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Star Raptor. Um, I was thinking of saying X there for a moment, but um, I don't think we've converted to that yet on this channel. Although, if eagle-eyed viewers out there watch YouTube video, I had to take I took the birds out of our handles on the layout, so it just says at everybody's name. There's no more birds, uh, sadly. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's going to do it for me, Milton, for Ben. Tune in next week and subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Raptor, and go ahead and give us a rate on any of your podcast streaming apps of choice. This was episode 128. Thank you for watching. May the force be with you always. End transmission.